What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Fat People with Opinions. I'm Taylor Renee. And I'm Isaiah. And we're so happy to have you back. Welcome back, niggas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be so pop and pl- fluffy and professional, and then this nigga just can't help but be himself. <laughs> Welcome back. We're here again with wine. And alcohol. And other things. And we're here to discuss all things fat. fat. With an opinion. With our opinions. Okay. What has been going on with you this week? I mean, I really don't have anything. I feel like there's a rant simmering inside of me, but I don't really know if I want to, you know, really lean into this rant. I'm going to do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, okay, okay. So, my week has been fine. It's kind of stressful because we have taken on a new client at work and it's that's come with all these different obstacles. First of all, let me just say this. Check on your old white aunties who are out here working in... Not your old white aunties. <laughs> your old white aunties who are out here still in the workplace interacting with technology because those bitches are getting on my nerves. <laughs> They're getting on my nerves. I had someone ask me how to attach a file to an email oh, at work. No. And it's like... In 2019, if you can't do that at your office job, you shouldn't be here. And I don't under... And this is no shade because I feel like everyone has to get their money. Everyone has to get their money. And at the end of the day, you know, capitalism is requiring that niggas are working later in their lifetime and that they're working all the way up until the day that they die. I mean, that's horrible, but that's what's being... What people are being called to do based off of the need to work. But it's like... I don't understand why employers don't vet this kind of shit. Because it's like, and again, I'm not saying that these people shouldn't be working, but I feel like when you're in a situation where you're interacting with technology every single day, if you can't attach a file to an email, sis. What are we doing? And and the reason I'm about saying this is because it's about to, it's related to my other rant. I'm sorry, I hit the mic. It's related to my other rant. So, I don't know if you have been paying attention to this okay boomer shit. <laughs> have you been paying attention? I have. I have used it a few times in the office as well. So, I'm not even... I haven't even been, like, on the social medias, on the interwebs, looking at the different hashtags. But I've seen people responding to it, and it's really starting to get on my nerves. First of all, I feel like... I don't understand when, like, this whole millennial slander has become, like... Because we've been killing industries since we were born, apparently. Commonplace. Like, it's it's just so easy for people to say, like, to just blame millennials. The reason that the world is the horrible place is because millennials. The reason that, you know, we're in a financially precarious situation as a society is because millennials aren't interacting with the economy enough. They're not spending as much money. They're not buying homes. They're not purchasing cars. Meanwhile, nobody takes into consideration the fact that all of us are fucking paralyzed by student loan debt, number or, one. Or, like, don't have jobs that pay any bills at all. Okay. Regardless it- of whether or not we have degrees that as well in addition to other things and then it's also like there's it's just so easy and it's like people will make these sweeping statements about like the psyche of the millennial like the 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 psychological uh i don't know the mental state of a millennial and it's like They'll say things like they're entitled. They'll say things like they're impatient. They're so they'll say things like they're only attached to their phone. They're like emotionally distant, unavailable, that kind of thing. But I'm sitting here like, 
they there's never any kind of critical thinking attached to these statements that they're making and they never take into consideration things like race sexuality gender class like which i'm feeling like i don't know too many black poor people who are entitled entitled to what right would be the question and then when you say entitled let's really break <laughs> this down let's really have a conversation about this what does entitlement look like are you saying we're entitled because we want things like Healthcare, healthcare is a human right. <laughs> like literally. that's entitlement. Literally, housing. it's a legal human right. But okay, <laughs> healthcare is a human right. Housing should be a human right. You it know, is. we live in a civilized country. We should. People, everyone should have a home because you know you need to have a home in order to be a functioning member of society. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Shoot me. You know, <laughs> I'm a witch. Burn me, bitch. I don't know why that's fucking rocket science. Like these are the things that we're entitled. Feel entitled to have and that's making us entitled i don't really understand that but then it's also like i was watching the view y'all know i go up for the view even though they get on my nerves problematic phase i was watching every last one of them too is a problematic phase (laughs) except sunny hostin i love her down i love her down to infinity and the fuck beyond i'm gonna refrain from commenting i mean she okay (laughs) she doesn't she i feel like she doesn't lean as left as i want her to Mm -hmm. but i feel like when i'm looking at all the other bitches on this panel yeah but you can't just be like because you are the least evil (laughs) i love you that's not not how this works don't do that sunny is not evil she just is i feel like she's also not great we can really get into a fight right now on this <laughs> podcast about Sunny Austin because I love her down. Because everyone on that panel, she's the one that's consistently stating facts. Who is? I don't disagree with you. Who doesn't have like who's willing to like hold people accountable to stating the truth when they're on the show? Like the the guests that they be having on the show, this they everyone is throwing softball questions to these guests. Sunny Austin will be like, "No, that was a lie." <laughs> I remember when um, Don Jr. was on. Um, Trump's son was on there. She was like, you're lying. <laughs> she just said, you're, you're, you're lying. lying on the show. That's a lie. And I was like, Sonny, go in. Tell him <laughs> he's lying. Because Megan wasn't saying the fuck anything. So I go out for Sonny. But they were talking about the OK Boomer thing. And essentially, they were like, Abby, her immediate response was, I've learned so much from my elders. So I feel like, you know, I don't understand why it is that we just, you know, wouldn't want to listen to our elders. And I'm sitting here like, okay, bitch, first of all, you really bring nothing to the conversation. Let's be clear. Number one. Number two, what are you talking about? Nobody said that no, we don't listen to our elders. We're talking about how the world that we're going to inherit is so much more fucked up because of these niggas. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's a... That's essentially the point. But she missed that. And then that parlayed into a conversation about how, like, advice that uh, a, a baby boomer would give a millennial trying to apply for a job is to not just submit job applications online, but to, like, actually go to the place of employment and demonstrate your interest by showing up in person. And Whoopi was like, Whoopi and everyone on the panel was like, oh, that's really, really good advice. Like, you should do that. I don't see the problem with that. And I'm sitting here like, none of you have not applied for jobs. <laughs> How many times have you walked into a place and been like, hey, you have applications? And they're like, they're online. <laughs> One. And then also, that shit doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore, but y'all really don't live in 29th the fuck teen, but you really don't. Because I have literally seen on job posting websites, don't call us, don't show up. Because the, the number of applications, there, there's a huge like number of applications that they don't want you to 
do any of those things. They just want to review them online. And then it's like, when you go to the job, you're not going to get in touch with the person who's going to be like the hiring manager. Right. You're just going to the nigga that's there working the shift the that you show desk, up. Right. <laughs> the same job that you applying for. He's talking about, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, bitch. That's not know. part go of my online. job. Right. right. I came in here to get my coin and the fuck leave, bitch. I don't know what the fuck you're asking me for. So it's like, they're so disconnected from reality, they can't even understand what the purpose is of this whole OK Boomer conversation. And then at what point are we going to have a conversation about, like, if we're these horrible ass, this horrible generation, right? If we're this horrible generation who has done, who's entitled, who is only, um, who's always on their phone, who can't seem to, you know... Uh, take no for an answer who grew up um all being told that they're winners and everyone deserves a trophy just for participating which i feel like i've people say shit like that and i feel like i've never encountered an actual instance of that like i've never encountered instance of that nobody has i've never seen a instance where i don't remember instance growing up where it's like i just got a trophy for participating not ever like i don't understand why that's a thing that was not an us thing so I don't get that. But because they say all these things about us, at what point are you going to take responsibility for the fact that y'all are the ones that raised us? Okay, that was where I was going with right. that as well. <laughs> Who raised us? Also, we've only been here for, what, 35 years? You're you're blaming the decline of this whole-ass economy right. on someone who has only been here for 35, 35 years. years. It's not adding up, sis. I'm sorry, it's not coming across. It's really not translating. It's a no for me, dog, in the words of Randy Jackson. <laughs> it's a no for it's me, a dog. It's a hard no for me. Because I'm not understanding how you're able to come to this conclusion that we are the decline of the American society, the American institution, when, again, we've only been here for two minutes. We're not even old enough to be president yet, but it's our fault. And then, to your point, like you said, it's 35 years. The millennial generation is so expansive because it's like th- there are millennials who are 35 and there are millennials who are 20, what, 23, 22, 22. Yeah. 22. So it's like there's so much <laughs> complexity and difference in between those age groups in that they're, the millennials who were born in the 80s had a completely different experience. They were, like, computers weren't things that were in their home. It's like they had to be introduced into the home. Mm-hmm. I still was kind of part of that generation, too. We Because we were poor, we didn't have a computer in the house until, like, I purchased it for myself. And that wasn't until I was in, like, at the end of high school, college. So it's like, that's just been my experience. So it's like there's so much more nuance to the conversation, that, and it's like all that gets glossed over when you just make sweeping state, statements about an entire group of people. Right. And at what point are we going to talk about how, like, essentially that's an extension of ageism? Mm-hmm. Like, you're. Except that I was reading about this the other day because I read an article about how OK Boomer is not allowed in some workplaces because it is an ageist statement and it is slander against a protected group. And, but the only protected group is people over, I want to say 65 or something like that. Right. So you can't use ageism going down. You can only use it going up. Right. So basically, y'all can say anything you want about us, but the moment we say something about you, there are, like, legal ramifications. Right. It's wild That's to me. really horrible. And again, I'm not... I was making fun about my white work aunties who get on my nerves because they don't know technology, but I'm just annoyed because I feel like, to your point, like you just said, uh, we... It, it's clear that we have to take care and consideration when talking about our elders because they are, they're our elders. But there's no 
care to talk about like just human beings. You get what I'm saying? Like right. there, this whole conversation of millennials versus okay boomers versus Generation Z. It's like why don't we not just make sweeping statements about entire generations? For everyone, so that that way we don't come across these issues. Because again, there's so much complexity and nuance that you're missing when you're just saying that, you know, Generation Z acts a specific way, mm-hmm. Millennials acts a specific way, and that shit is lazy. I feel like it's a lazy intellectual argument. There's nothing. It's not intellectual at all. It's also like, why would you make? You wouldn't make sweeping statements about someone based on their race. I mean, you would if you were a racist. I just don't understand how you can loop a whole group of people into one thing based on when they were born, like. And again, I think it's lazy as fuck. But that's just been my beef. It's just, don't do it. Please don't do it. Because I'm going to drag you. Because I'm going to say, the reason that the American society has declined is because baby boomers, you know, are only interested in greed. Well, that's correct. Who are only having interest in greed and put greed above their families. And I would make the statement that Joy made on The View that y'all really don't care about y'all grandchildren because y'all acting like climate change doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You want your grandchildren to die? I will say Jesus. some shit like that. Because, bitch, guess what? You're not going to come for me for um, wanting a fucking, you know, um, avocado to toast. Right. Okay, bitch. You're not going <laughs> to come for me. You're not going to come for me because I don't use paper napkins anymore. Okay, you're not going to come for me because, bitch, I know how to attach a, a, um, a document to a fucking email. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just went on a whole rant. But that just made me mad. But it's okay. We're done. My week has been fine. Um, I got into like a, a personal life tiff. I got into like this big argument with my nigga. And I had to realize some shit about myself. I am never wrong, one. And I don't like to admit that I'm ever wrong, two. Okay, so wait. Let me just wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I can't. When things are said and I need and I have questions, I have to ask them when they pop in my mind. So when you say things like "I am never wrong," are you it's saying incorrect? Okay, I understand that okay. it's incorrect. Okay, but I feel as though I am never wrong. Okay, it is hard to tell me that I'm wrong because I can I can find a point to argue that supports me no matter what side of the <laughs> argument I am on, and that works really well in my professional life. We but in my really, personal life, it doesn't go so well all the time. I really appreciate your self awareness <laughs> moment because when you are saying the things that you're saying. <laughs> You're not telling lies. I just need you to understand. We call it self-righteousness where I'm from. It's just, I I can find a thing that supports my side of the argument, and I will argue it to the end of the earth. But the thing is, is that I had to, you know, realize that I was wrong in the situation. I really had my nigga fucked up. It was disrespectful. We got through it. It was hard, though. So, okay, let's talk about this. Was a situation where you had a conversation? Like, how was it that you were able to come to the conclusion that, you know, in this situation you were in the wrong or that there's something that you Well, no, see, the thing is, it can't, for me, as of right now anyway, Mm -hmm. having a conversation in the heat of the moment does not work for me. Because like I said, I will find a point and I will argue it. I am not wrong. Mm -hmm. There's no way to tell me that I'm wrong because I have a point that makes sense. Okay. So what had to happen for me was, I think... It was like the next day he went to work and I was just sitting here on the couch like... Thinking about what yeah, he was saying. Thinking about all the stuff that had happened previously. But I, what I realized from this whole situation is that people judge you by your actions. You mm. judge yourself by your intentions. So even though I had no intentions mm. of doing anything with this nigga, the fact that my actions showed that he had all of this access to me 
in a home that does not belong to him that I share with another nigga mm-hmm. was wrong. And my and it's crazy because I remember one of my old <laughs> old bosses used to say that to me all the time. She was she used to say intention versus impact. It's like we are not privy to your intentions. Right. And I think that we can get an indication of your intentions through your actions. Like regardless of how you feel like something is gonna come across, if your intentions don't matter if it still comes across crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the, the, uh, the effect is the same. So what you learn from that is that when an a instance happens <laughs> where you have to communicate with your significant other about something that's bothering you or bothering them, you learn that it's better to not address it immediately in the situation because you feel like, it's going to become about arguing that person's point as opposed yeah. to actually hearing them. I get defensive very quickly, and mm-hmm. I have to find a way to protect myself rather than listen to what's going on with them. Girl, that is a realization. Oh, my God. That is a realization. I feel like I'm the same way. And it's not even just with significant others. I think even when talking to, like, my mom or, like, yeah. a family member or a friend... <laughs> You're not here yet. We should have left you outside. Not this. <laughs> but I don't like the way he said you're a friend. Don't do that, bitch. What you try to say? I don't be saying nothing crazy to y'all. I don't get defensive with my friends. I just tell the truth because, like you, I'm always right. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I am never wrong. Okay? Because... Period. Exclamation point. So how did you apologize? Like, do you... Are you a, like a... I'm, I'm a, sorry. Yeah, I I'm a hold my hand. Let me talk to you. And look at you in your eyes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Taylor. Yeah. So then you just said that you were sorry. I need to work on. Never mind. I feel like I'm good at apologizing. Now I'm realizing. I'm good at apologizing. I don't generally have to apologize because I'm never <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Not this after you drink this wine. I never have to apologize. So I'm super excited. We have our first guest here on the podcast. Our first fat person, number three. Yes. And yes, honey, number three. <laughs> Everyone say hello to Topher D. Say hi, nigga. Hi, guys. I'm Topher D. I'm doing well today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm 25. Um, I've been, I've identified as fat my whole life. Or at least since I was 13. Um, I am 354 pounds. I am a 4632 in pants, and I wear a 3XL shirt. Okay. And we're excited to have Topher D on because he represents an experience that neither Taylor or I have. In that he has gone and been to a fat camp. So we're going to ask him some questions about that whole experience and really break that down to provide that fat perspective because bitches need to know, okay? <laughs> they need to know what's going yes. on behind closed doors. I'm very curious <laughs> about this story. Right. But first, just because I'm super interested to hear what he's going to say about fashion i just want to ask you a question as our first guest what is one of your biggest fashion gripes as a fat bitch like what's one of the things that just you know grinds your gears that really mashes your potatoes really it's just two things one i don't like the fact that certain fashion doesn't go past a certain size amen like i remember during the ages of when h&m was the shit for me and i wanted those red and blue uh, skinny jeans and they didn't go above a size 44 and I was sitting there thinking like wow 
Well, I don't know. Hold on, because we need to break. The, I'm sorry. Because H&M, I feel like, never has gone to a 44. It wasn't until recently that they actually, like, expanded their plus size. In 2013, they had those red and blue pants in a size 44. I disagree. I don't think that's the truth. 2014. I don't think that's the case. I don't think they started, because they didn't have plus size women's fashion until, like, recently. Right, until, like, last year. So I know for sure that h H&M, I think you're talking about another brand. Are you talking about, like, an American Eagle? Actually, you are right. It was American Eagle. Okay, bitch. I'm like... I was going to say, I remember those pants because I remember stealing them from you. Right. American <laughs> Eagle, low-key, in, in my height of fat dumb. <laughs> American Eagle used to really dress the girls. In the okay? height of fat dumb. They used to really dress the girls because I used to get uh, like skinny jeans from American Eagle. I could get like shirt. American Eagle really looked out because they definitely went to larger sizes. But I'm sorry, I felt weird that like a 44 was considered extreme plus size for a guy. And at this point in time, I was a 52. So it was really like. Bitch, you weren't wearing clothes. <laughs> like, At all. Exactly. You needed the whole bolt of fabric, bitch, to really, you know, to get like dress it, your body. And it really sucked. Like, I remember going to Foreman Mills and, like, I would have to walk past all the shit I actually wanted to wear yeah, to get to the big and tall section in the back of the fucking store. And then also as a big person, especially I thought because I was gay, it was more easy for me to transition into like wearing women's clothing. Mm -hmm. But like women's clothing as like big clothing is more frequent and abundant than like men's clothing. Mm -hmm. Like I could walk into a rainbow right now and find a, tw a size 28 jean mm -hmm. for a woman. I know that that's true. But I could fit a size 28 jean. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I definitely do think that I, you alluded to something that I experienced as well is that as a gay person, and I also feel like I've heard other fat men talk about this because plus size fashion brands really started to unfold before like the men's plus size wave came on. Exactly. So I feel like in, in terms of a jean, I don't think they really wore, I mean, niggas weren't really wearing like dresses and shit like that until like now when whole, you know, unisex androgyny trend, you know, came into play. But before, like you can get a skinny jean from if, if like the skater jean, the skinny jean, you can wear a woman's jean and it would look like a whole, you know, look. Yes. it would be a look. And at least they stretched, you know, at least back in they, the days of dots and fashion bug. And I mean, I never shopped at those places. <laughs> Neither did I. Because I feel like by the time I could afford clothing, they were, you know, a little young for me. That and gone. Mm -hmm. And I was finding mm -hmm. like new. jeans and like, granted, some of them were like not really in style, mm -hmm. but I didn't really know that at the time. I just found clothes in my size and was that excited. Fit. That yeah, fit. it was mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah, I remember those days just being like, especially like going out to the mall with like your friends. All of my friends were skinny. So, like going to the mall, shopping with them, it was like if we were in a store and there was something that I could fit into, I would buy it just for that. And I, I feel the exact same way where it was like me and Isaiah on have going to the Goodwill on Main Street on many of a shopping trip. Mm -hmm. And I remember buying that burgundy sweater just because it was the only thing I I picked. I would pick out like 10, 12 items and then go into the dressing room and none of that shit would fit. And it would always be too small. I 
never really struggled with like finding clothes that fit up top as much as I struggled to find clothes that fit up the bottom. Bitch, say it again. Because we can stretch some shit out. You know what I'm you saying? You can stretch a shirt out. These okay. thighs, certain pants, we're not going in. <laughs> and if it doesn't stretch, it's not going, going to, to work. work. Shout like, out to episode two. It's not going to work. And I, you can't stretch. There's a lot of material in, that they make in pants. Like specifically when you talk about like chinos or you talk about like dress pants those pants they don't make in kind of like forgiving fabrics it's kind of like bitch, you really have to wear a true to size i really feel like i need to start constructing garments because i have visions okay i I'm, agree with you completely because i feel like there's ways that you can make clothing for fat people that's trendy that's in that's comfortable because I feel like I've experienced it. So it's really not as hard as niggas make it seem like it is. But whatever. That's a conversation for another day. We did that episode already. Let's talk about... The way that you take down the word garments takes me down every <laughs> I need garments. to really start making garments. Okay? <laughs> yes, <laughs> honey. Important. Get into that crawl. Garments. <laughs> it's really important. Okay? My voice is literally up here. And then when I say garments, it's like, bitch, I'm a base. Okay. But let's get into the interview. Base, 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 base. So we brought Topher D onto the show because he's had an experience that we've never had before, like Zay said earlier. Mm-hmm. Topher has been to a fat camp, and we are dying to like pick his brain about it. So tell us about this fat camp. How did you get introduced to it? So around the time of, like I say, my freshman, sophomore year of high school, once I started getting fat, my family took an interest in like me losing weight Mm -hmm. because there was like because diabetes runs in my family high blood pressure runs in my family granted they were the ones that don't have it but they were very adamant about you're not going to die from being fat Mm -hmm. so after trying different shit around my sophomore year of high school they sent me to the weight management program at AI DuPont Mm -hmm. and that the fat camp, well, the lifestyle change camp. Oh, we're not going to call it a fat camp. Okay. Was their way of making what they were trying to teach you in the weight loss program fun. Okay. Okay. So then let me just give a little bit of backstory. So you're saying that what happened was because your family has this history of like diabetes and like high blood pressure that they wanted to do something about your weight was it ever a situation because you said it was like you're not going to die because from being fat was that like the stakes like did they make it seem like it was that serious when they were having conversations yes. about addressing it they did yes all of my life like i remember i don't even know what it was but i had ate the i we had ate dinner Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, dinner was over. My mom was in her room. I was in my room. My grandfather wasn't there. And the house was empty at the time. It was quiet. I remember going down, like, still hungry and eating the rest of it because I never really lived in a lifestyle to where, like, people policed the food. like people- at, Before this moment in time. Right. right. And I remember my mom finding out that I ate it and, like, I got, like, a beating. And then, like, after the beating, I remember her talking to me about it, and she started, like, crying. Mm. And, like, uh, I don't want you to die. 
I want you, I don't want anything to happen to you. I don't want you to die from being fat because apparently like almost dying from being fat was something that like on her side of the family, my uncle, her mother, my aunt Kim, like, you know, my aunt Kim had a, a situation where she almost had to get her leg amputated because of her diabetes. So like my mom is real. Ugh. I mean, and understandably so. When yeah. you think about the history of your family, I can understand why someone has that kind of response. But I think she approached you incorrectly. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, when you're eight, you're just like, bitch, all I'm I want is... <laughs> I want all the flavors. I just wanted snacks. some Fruit Loops. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But you know what I mean? Like, for, it was from, like, a very young age, food was really, like policed in my life looking back at it now you kind of talked about this already looking back at it now do you feel like what what's your perspective on her approach to the situation like obviously nobody should be beat beaten for eating for wanting to eat but like considering how she talked about it in later times or like how your family approached it do you feel like that's a healthy way or would you raise your children in kind of the same way around food no no because like now with Sarah and Jada, like I'm very adamant to where it's like fat is not a bad thing. They eat when they're hungry and when they're not, they don't. So they have a healthier relationship with food to where weight isn't an issue for them. Mm -hmm. How do you think that healthy relationship was facilitated? Like, do you think it was something that you guys were doing? So it was an active effort of like, oh, like Sarah, like if you gave her, if you said, do you want Doritos or these two apples she would say are they granny smith apples because she likes the green apples and she'll she will eat two apples rather than getting doritos mm -hmm. and like that was an active so moving back to the fat camp situation so you had like went to this weight management program and what was that like was it like it was it was kind of everything I had like a team of people that were trying to educate me on how to live healthy. For the first time, I was having the conversation about weight loss, but it wasn't a pound conversation. It was about, okay, all I want you to do is try to be active one hour a day. So when you say you have a team of people, what was like the team? It was like... I had a nutritionist. I had a exercise specialist. I had a physical therapist. I saw an adolescent um, psychiatrist. Come on, resources, upper echelon. Right. This is a lot. Right. So you had a team. You had a team, yes, of, had people. A team of people. And they were dedicated specifically to you or like during my appointment time, they were. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. And what was like, was this something that was like covered through your insurance? Yes. It was. Okay. It was covered through your insurance. So shout out to Access. I really appreciate this multi-pronged mm -hmm. approach to attacking this issue. I mean, I'm I'm feeling weird about like this, this desperation to lose weight because I feel like, okay, let's really, uh, is it, is it truly as desperate as people are making it seem to be, but that's another conversation. But I, I appreciate the fact that it wasn't just like, oh, let's put him on a, a treadmill right. and then and put him diet. on this super restrictive diet. Yes, it was, it, it was more like 
interacted than that. But to touch on what you said, I do completely agree with you. But what I do feel after being in that program, mm. I should not have been in there. And I see why I was only in there for the two and a half years I was. Because the other people that were there needed, like, to lose weight. Mm. And I'm not saying any, I'm not trying to fat shame, but, like, there was this one girl who, like, she was in a wheelchair, not because she couldn't walk, not because there was something wrong with her, but because she had gotten so big that nerves in her back were pinching and, like, sometimes she would lose her ability to walk in the middle of walking. You know what I mean? Or he was so big that his legs were warping underneath of the weight on top. So it's like, I feel that I'm glad I went mm -hmm. because it did everything that it needed to do you know, my human global AC1 went down or A1C went down. Like, it did what it was supposed to do. But I feel like I don't know if I was necessarily at the state of desperation that the program was designed for. Yeah. And I mean, and I think that that just what you just described, people people have made it seem like the body positivity movement, people, fat people who are on social media and are just like okay with being fat that they don't really acknowledge the real ramifications of like obesity on their health and things like that and it's like i hate that because nobody's saying nobody's trying to convince anyone to be fat i just want to make sure that's clear no one's saying no one's acting like being fat doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be you know consequences to your health nobody's doing that right and when you try to make the conversation seem like that's what's going on you're missing the whole fucking point of why people feel like they have to say something like why they're exercising their voice yes and it's, it's not about oh i want to be fat or we all should be fat there's some people who would rather like be dead than be fat like that is a legitimate, legitimately be dead. <laughs> like there are people who legitimately feel like being fat is the worst possible thing that you can be. And I'm sitting here like, bitch, you just are an unhappy bitch. Because right. guess what? I am. Because <laughs> you could be so many terrible things, <laughs> terrible things. You could be Donald Trump. Okay. Like there are so many things that you can be. You could be the vice president. What's his name? Michael Mike Pence. Pencil. Michael. <laughs> so when you had like the exercise coach before you even got to the camp did they have like any kind of exercise pr program that they were instituting and like a diet program there was an exercise program but it was it was like i went there so it was like exercise therapy like physical therapy type time yes it was mm -hmm. like i went there and i would be there for like an hour and it was like mondays and wednesdays and fridays if i wanted to okay so take us through a day at camp so like what was the camp like first of all was it like a we're all staying in like a hotel and we meet in the lobby or Bitch, no not at all camp looked like fucking camp like so you, you were in the wilderness bitch. bitch it looked like the fucking parent trap <laughs> i'm going home it's a no for me a though. hard no when i tell you i went there like and the bitch was fucking with me because like she said, "Oh yeah, oh that's why you brought your sleeping bag because we sleep outside in the stars under mm -mm. one light." And mm -mm. I said, "Pop out! I want to go home right now immediately." And outside like, in the stars, no, it's <laughs> not. Having that, I was in. It looked like the fucking parent trap. That there were these two wooden slabs off the fucking wall, and the mattress was like out of a crib, like a literal <laughs> plastic mattress out of a fucking crib. Like it was like the parent trap. So, so you were sleeping like outside? No, okay. I was sleeping in a cab. There was the, the door on my cabin 
was a shower curtain. So essentially, you were sleeping out. You were sleeping in an enclosed space. However, there, there was a roof. But uh, yeah, there was a roof. However, we were outside. Were there animals? Yes. Oh no! And the killer could make his way into the fortress. <laughs> no, 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 no. You no, no. me? It looked. It looked. It literally looked like the camp that like Jason was at, except instead of there being a lake. It was a real pool. No, my mother is coming to pick me up. I'll be on the <laughs> Immediately. Bitch, I'm that bitch. You ever seen the meme they of that knew man? They, they knew that was a thing. That's why you couldn't have your cell phones. You ever seen that meme <sighs> of that man who's like calling the, the people and he's bald and he's black and he has glasses? You know that meme I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That was the meme. <laughs> as soon as they told me that we are not sleeping so in. it wouldn't have been you because they would have taken your cell phone. It would be me. Exactly. But I'm getting myself and I'm making my way back home. No, they, there was there was no, like, there was no cell phone. Like, you would wake up, it'd be like seven something. And, like, they would do the wake up call, but you had you didn't have to wake up immediately. And we would all, like, a veen, like, outside. And then we would all start Aveen. walking down to the mess hall that was, like, a mile away. A mile? Yeah, away. It, and how, you were at this camp for how long? Like, a week, two yes. weeks? Nine days. Nine days. Nine days. Okay. So then... And every morning you woke up and walked a mile on an empty ass stomach. (laughs) Is what you're telling me right (laughs) now? To get to the mess hall. It was not a... It wasn't a whole... It was like like 0.5, 0.75 a mile. I remember them telling us it was like 0.75 of a mile. That's still three quarters. You you took three laps around the track on an empty stomach is what you're telling me? Yes. And like it didn't really feel... Like it didn't feel that way because I remember... 911. I lost lost like 24 pounds in that week. Oh my God. Like, and I just remember, like, I was so, like, it didn't, like, you don't feel it. Like, it's kind of like in Color Guard when you're in high school and you're walking the boardwalk in Wildwood. Mm-hmm. And then you go back as a grown person and you're like, bitch, I really walked this Like, shit? my fucking knees hurt, my back hurt, <laughs> my ass hurt, my fucking face hurts. You know, when, I don't know. Like, you just be like, when I was a kid, I didn't care about none of that shit. I walked it. So, like, like I think it was different because we were in a group. It was mm. you and seven other motherfuckers and let's not forget that we were the camp junior counselors which really was only a title they gave to the niggas that were over 17 Mm. because we weren't in one of the other groups we were treated just like campers i thought i was getting special treatment because i was a junior that's a special treatment look like at fat camp extra snacks Like, I'm sorry, that was offensive. I mean, it really wasn't because, bitch, I want to know. I have some fucking seniority in this bitch. I better get a, a. Can I get an extra, you know, yogurt? Can I get an extra yes. granola bar? Okay. We would go to the mess hall and we would have, like, I forget what they called it, but it was a teaching moment where, like, they would teach us some life shit. This is before you ate. Yeah, because because breakfast wasn't until like eight fifteen, so it was like from like seven thirty to eight fifteen, we were doing this shit. Well, mm. It's gonna take me that whole forty five minutes just to walk this mile. No, okay. it really only took us like fifteen minutes. It only took a really long time to walk, but like I said, was someone who felt like he wanted to burst into tears with every step he took. Oh my god! And maybe that's part of why. I don't know, maybe we should have an episode about, like, the privilege. Like, even within fatness, there's different experiences. And we don't experience a fatness that's, like, immobilizing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't, we, it doesn't impact our ability 
to do certain things in the same way that it may impact other people. So maybe that's another perspective that we need to have representative yeah. on the show because that's not our experience. Because I say, I say that because even like with the Lizzo situation, like mm. Lizzo's biggest shit, but like she's still oh dancing God. and twerking <laughs> and <laughs> moving <shit>. and <laughs> active. So like she experiences a different fat than somebody who's her same size and is not active. I mean, I feel like, is she really that big? I feel like she's big, but I'm like, is Lizzo really no. that big? She's not not big when it comes to like we're talking about like some people are like 300 400 500 600 pounds big but when we come into the world that she's in yeah she's, she is big yeah. she's fat duh but yeah. it's like i oh, mean she's big for an entertainer as right. well like yeah. the rest of the entertainers around her are not as big as her but in the world of fatness she's, she's not, not really that, that big bitch right? but <laughs> what i mean is like i feel like that's the difference is that like she's an active fat there's mm. two types of fat sometimes you're just going to get fat even if you're active and then sometimes I mean, I wouldn't say two types. I would just say that there's a variety of experiences, and there's some there's the fat. There are some people who experience fatness that's like immobilizing. Yes, in that they can't really or aren't really active and can't be active because of the impact on their body. Right, and then there's but I feel like there was an inactivity in between the journey of you being mobile and immobile. I would assume so. I don't know what the everyone's experience is because a lot, I don't know, sometimes something happened before they got fat where they became immobile. Like if you experience some sort of disease or you right. experience some sort of like injury and that caused you to gain weight. So that could be somebody else's experience. But we say all that to say that there's we don't experience that whole immobile fat we don't experience that at all so talk getting back to the fat camp the fact that you know you had this friend who was really struggling yeah like we like i like like i didn't like the fact that like there wasn't really like they didn't pay any attention to that it was like he still just has to get through the exercises and the work. When you have eight teenagers that are doing some shit that they don't want to do and one of them is bitching more than the rest of them the conversation turns really, really interesting and attacking towards him. What was breakfast? Let's let's go back. Tell us about breakfast. Was it like, <laughs> did you feel like you were satiated throughout this experience? Like, did you ever feel hungry during the day? You felt like you were adequately fed? I... Did breakfast give you enough energy to get through the day? Yes. Okay. But I also feel like breakfast taught you portion control. Okay. In the sense of like, I don't know about you guys, but up until fat camp, my breakfasts, like when I actually ate breakfast, <laughs> it was like, I want bacon. I want eggs. I want some French toast. I want a little bit of grits. You know, mm-hmm. like it was. You were eating, bitch. Yeah. You were eating. For them, it was just like For breakfast two. was like two sausage links. <laughs> An A slice of French toast. Two sausage <laughs> And a slice of bread with some sugar on it. Maybe. <laughs> no, it was really, it, it, like, you got, like, a little syrup cup. <laughs> You're laughing, and I'm very angry. I feel like I'm calling Child Protective Service. Was this, like, a brioche slice of French toast? Like, a nice, brioche. thick Texas yeah, like toast? Yeah, like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, no, like, It was, like, white Wonder store, Bread. Wonder I was, Bread. We was like, gonna fight this fire Festival-ass breakfast. <laughs> Prison <laughs> breakfast. It wasn't, no, it wasn't, like, this a thin... Me. 
Oz. It wasn't like a thin slice of French toast. It was almost like a Texas toast, but it wasn't really that thick. It was like this. If you wanted to get full on like meat or like bread, mm-hmm. that wasn't going to happen. But if you wanted to fill yourself up on some fruit or some low fat, you know, uh, uh, vanilla yogurt Mm -hmm. with some granola on top. So they gave you the app. So it was like you could pick different shit. Here's what I'm going to say. You were not starved. Every two hours you were fed. Okay. But it was every two hours you got the proper portion of food you were supposed to get if you're eating every two hours. Okay. So then you had, okay, so you had breakfast. And, and then there was like, it was like a thing. So she would be like, hey, campers. And we'd be like, what's popping? And she'd be like, we're going on a hike on Death Mountain. Death, Death Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> Okay, like it was a lot to get through Death Mountain, but once you got to the top of the well, with a name like Death, it's kind of like it's kind of like in drum corps when you go to Death Camp. Like you hate every single minute of it, but at the end of Death Camp, the show looks amazing, so it's okay. I I thought you were gonna say something like, but at the end of Death Camp, you're so happy with what you did, and I was gonna be like, (laughs) was I though? So was that always the thing that y'all did every day is that y'all had did a hike up Death Mountain or was it no, a different No, it was a different thing every day. Death Mountain was something that we got to look forward to. So in, in the event that you did not want to do the activity, could you opt out? I mean, like... Was there ever a situation where you felt like you didn't want to do it? I mean, I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> so did you like try to opt out? No. <laughs> I remember what it was, was I remember it was this. It's like, if you really didn't want to do it, you could not do it. So you're saying that, but then I'm thinking back to you telling us about your friend who was having actual issues walking from the the cabins to the mess hall right. and still had to do it every day for nine days. Well, because regardless of if he wanted to get to the mess hall or not, or whether he wanted to walk or not, at this point in time, he was a mile's walk away from even getting to the parking lot for his parents to come get him. So you would have to go and do an activity and then you would have snack and that snack would be something healthy like a carrot with some peanut butter. Later, you you for two hours, you would do an activity and you'd have lunch. And lunch would be like a chicken salad sandwich in a side. So it sounds like, because this is one of my problems when it comes to eating, they didn't give you a lot of downtime. They're, they filled up your time with activities. Yes. Because my thing is when I get bored, I like to eat. Yes. The, I'm, I feel I'm like that, that was something they kind of broke me out of. One of the things I like that you discussed so far is that when, when I was in the height of losing weight, one of the things that I, like, taught myself was that, oh, eating is bad. Like, when I was, like, in the height of, like, I want to lose as much weight as quickly as possible, eating is bad. So I restricted my diet and really did not eat as much as I feel like I should have been eating. Like, I remember eating, like, 1,500 calories a fucking day. Like, who the fuck eats, bitch? Starvation. Also known as eating twigs and berries, bitch. <laughs> so I what I liked about them is that really you can eat and lose weight at the same time. Yes. And yes, that is, yes, that's something that I learned too. It's not about eating. It's a, it's about how much you eat and what you eat. And up and until that week, 
I had been encouraged to not eat. Mm -hmm. You're eating too fucking much. My uncle said this to me on fucking Thanksgiving. I was like, you know what? My weight has really been going up and down lately. Did this nigga talk about, oh, you've been going through a lot of stress? Oh, you started working jobs where you're only cooking now and you're Mm -hmm. around more free food? Did he talk about that? No. The first thing out of his mouth was, okay, and the fork keep going up and down. Like... Okay, because I would... <laughs> and I would have said, and I would have threw that fork across the room, but now it's going across. Now, I would have stabbed him in his eye with said fork. Right. Now the fork is inside. <laughs> that's just, like, that's the life, and that's my entire family has this attitude, and other than me, I'm what's breaking it in Sarah and Jada. Mm-hmm. They all have this, oh, if you want to lose weight, you need to stop eating so fucking much. Right. But meanwhile, none of them have ever lost weight. Also, and I appreciate you doing this with Sarah and Jada, like, mm. people really just need to talk to their kids about right. things that are going on in their kids' lives. Right. Because for me, I can only speak for myself, but for me, my relationship with food comes solely out of comfort. Mm-hmm. When I'm going through something, I mean, comfort and boredom. When I'm going through something, I comfort myself with food. Right. And someone telling me to eat less is not helpful. <laughs> it's not going to help the things going on that are causing me to eat like it doesn't address the problem it only addresses what i am considering the solution to said problem it's not a solution but like the bandage to said problem yes and a lot of people talk about how it's really it's a manifestation of like a a need to control something Mm -hmm. like some people i don't think i don't know if it was ever that for me but some people use like what they eat and what they consume as a way to because something may have happened to them where they were in a position where they didn't have control yeah. of a situation and control was taken away from them. So they use eating as a way to kind of usurp some sort of control yeah. over their Reaffirm life. Reaffirm that they have control in some, way, in some situations. I've situation. heard a lot of people with like bulimia say that. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was everything else in their life was out of control and like now, like what goes in my body, I can control. Mm-hmm. How much weight I gain, what I can eat, you know, I can eat whatever I want and then I can throw up and it not affect me. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of eating disorders stem from the need to have some sort of agency over your own body. Right. And you probably can say the same thing about like overeating maybe to some capacity. Yeah, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So the they did all this stuff where they, you know, kind of like covertly address weight with you in a way that wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make this about weight. I'm going to make this about nutrition. I'm going to make this about dieting. But we're going to try to institute this in kind of like a lifestyle fashion. But did they weigh you yes. multiple times? They did. You got weighed and measured when you got there, and you got weighed and measured the day. Like, as we were all at the top of the pavilion waiting for our parents to get there, mm-hmm. we got weighed and measured. So we're not going to sit here and pretend like this wasn't a fat camp then. We're not going to pretend like this. The reason why I say it wasn't a fat camp is that because everything that we did there or everything that they tried to get you to do there was some shit you could do at home. Mm. We're bitches sneaking food in. Tell the tea. Don't be lying. Not, re- not, really, sneak sneaking, in, not really sneaking food in. Yes, I did. But not really sneaking <laughs> food in. <laughs> I snuck food in, but I didn't really get to eat it. Lying. He lying, y'all. He lying. He was in every single night before he went to sleep. There was just... It was... But nobody gained weight. It was like jail. Kind of like how people like... (laughs) Like, you ever ever wonder how, like, things happen in jail? Like, how are you getting... Like, 
who, how do you get crack and heroin and weed in jail? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't tend to wonder about these things, right? So. And I don't, I, I will hope that's not comparable to you know food at a fat camp, <laughs> right? But, I mean, it is. <laughs> But we really appreciate having you, Topher we D. We really do. Any final statements, last concise bits of anything you want to leave the audience with? When you when you think about being fat or you think about identifying yourself as fat and you want to go through a weight loss journey or a lifestyle change or a diet or whatever, just make sure that it's sustainable. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's, the, That's the one thing I learned from Fat Camp. It was, okay, if you're going to set a goal that you can walk a mile every day, don't say I'm going to I'm going to run an eight minute mile every morning. Because like, that's not real. Like that's an achievable goal, but like, you're not going to, let's not say timely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's like, let's walk. And let's be real, bitch. Day. Be real with yourself. You can barely, it's no shade, but you haven't been outside. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people people go into these journeys and they set these expectations for themselves. Like, I'm going to go to the gym every single day. I'm going to make sure I do two hours on the elliptical. And it's like, like you said, that's not sustainable. Like, if you haven't been to the gym at all, I'm You're not going to spend two hours in the gym. You're going to be there for 30 minutes and be like, bitch, I'm over this shit. Not even that. I remember the first time I went to the gym when I was in the height of my weight loss, bitch. Literally, I just went into the gym, changed my clothes, and went home. That's what I did. <laughs> the first step is just showing up. And, and you then you come, come in the next day, you said, okay, I'm going to actually get on a machine this time. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. We love you dearly. We'll have to have you back on for a part two sometime, okay? We'll link his uh, socials in the show notes. For y'all so y'all can follow him and his journey did you want to do a weekly consumption did you have one because i don't have one i can do one it's not gonna be long i can do one okay i was recently on like deep 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 in a youtube black hole of the voice <laughs> auditions Bitch. okay and i'm like Every now and again, I have to return to the voice. Like, I've never been one to, like, actually watch the show because, first of all, it's nonsense, and I feel like it's low-key racist, but that's not the way. So this is the battle. So they do a performance together, and essentially they're supposed to out-sing one another. And this one, I like the way that they approach this. The video is called The Voice 2018 Battle, Dr. King versus Jackie Foster, Son of the Times. It's on YouTube. I would say look it up. It's really, really good. But they approach this not as, like, a battle, First of all, they both were on Team Kelly Clarkson, who I'm obsessed with. But they approached it like, we're not going to outsing each other. We're going to do this like a duet. And when I tell you, I feel like these bitches were really doing like a Grammy performance. Come like, on. really singing. First of all, their voices blended so well together. And it's crazy because the white girl, she kind of has more of like a like power ballad kind of poppy voice not like small voice she has a big large voice where she can belt but it wasn't like she didn't really give me too much texture but she could hit notes whereas the black man was really giving you texture he's giving you you know range he's giving you all these things that I'm obsessed with but their voices blend so well together so I definitely would say watch that video but I went into a whole frenzy watching all those different battles and it was like the voice is low-key like an interesting show because they never have bad singers on there like everyone on there can sing there's people i would choose over others (laughs) however (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's also interesting because like Gwen Stefani, why are you why were you ever on there? No shade. Gwen Stefani Gwen Stefani is not like a bad singer at all. It's not, I'm not going to say, bad singer is not what I was going to like, say. She, you think Gwen Stefani could provide sound, like, and when, I, and when I'm saying sound, I mean provide any kind of involved, engaged if vocal. Spears can, Gwen Stefani can. Well, you had me lost there, bitch, because I wasn't <laughs> going to say Britney Spears ever could. Because, honey, she's no, she's nobody vocalist. I feel like people who's on this show should be reserved for vocalists. And I'm saying Kelly Clarkson is definitely a vocalist. Mm-hmm. John Legend is definitely a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Adam, I wouldn't even put Adam on there. Mm-hmm. Usher, I would put Usher there because Usher can sing down. I would say... Jennifer Hudson. Hudson could sing. Alicia Keys was on there. I oh lowest, 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 lowest of keys would feel like Alicia Keys would be on there as well, even though, you know, sometimes. Stop jingling your belt. I'm gonna unplug your mic. Or that. It's been a lovely episode, (laughs) y'all. Thanks for listening to this episode, guys. No. It's been a great ride. (laughs) It's been a long ass ride. Editing this episode is gonna be so much fun. I can't wait to see you next week. Make sure you check out the show notes for all of the relevant information. Uh, Like, comment, subscribe. Nope, that's YouTube. Comment, rate, review. Mm -hmm. And share. The reviews really do help us, and so do the ratings. So if anything, do that. Also, I was looking at the analytics, and like 23% of people who downloaded the episodes are not subscribed. Why do you want to be a part of that statistic? Hit that subscribe button so that you get new episodes right when we post them. Yeah, so do what she, do what the fuck she said. Yeah, <laughs> do what the fuck she said, and thank you so much for listening. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.